0: Hello, welcome, welcome. We're back, we're back for another episode of the Mora Rap Podcast, and you've got me, your host, Mora, in your ears today. I'm very excited to be here and back because I actually love this podcast. I have to say I really do enjoy doing the episodes solo or having a guest, maybe it's just like a little bit of therapy for me. Who knows? <laughs> Let's see what happens. So I have a shorter episode planned for you today, just with myself. We'll see. I'm going to try and keep it short. You know, I like to talk, but everyone I meet, everyone I see is asking me all about The Apprentice. And I'm going to get to some little chat and there will be some spoilers here if you're not up to date and you haven't watched episode five. So that's just a spoiler, uh, <laughs> spoiler warning. But first, we're going to have a little chat a little chat about the time I got a beautiful yoga studio, the most stunning yoga studio, and still hurts my little heart, (laughs) that my yoga studio, I had to let go. I had to let go. So I'm going to just fill you in on that backstory. And I don't know, I'm just sharing. This is just, to be honest, since I've created a business, I have learned more from my fails than my successes. And it's really interesting how much you learn when you fail something and when something hits in your face and something doesn't work and your ego says, oh my God, doesn't work. And everything comes crashing down and you have to make some big decisions. And it just teaches you so much more about business, about life, about everything. And I just want to share, (laughs) I actually haven't spoke about it because I suppose maybe I've just felt a little bit embarrassed that I opened a beautiful yoga studio and it was all online. I was sharing it. I grew its own social media, the Yogamore studio, which is now just the Yogurtmore online studio. Had this beautiful space and yeah, had to close the doors. I'm going to just let you know a little backstory. So in 2020, my business grew rapidly over covid I was self employed before that for about two and a half years, hustling, starting after leaving my corporate job, teaching in every studio around. And then in COVID, I really kind of found my feet in business. Well, I'm still finding my feet, let's be honest. I'm still learning, I'm still failing. But in 2020, my online studio was in my house because we were all in COVID. I suppose I got a bit of cabin fever. I was stuck in that house so much. It was a lovely little place in Step Aside and it was just so small. It was me and my husband. (laughs) We were there for probably a good year, year and a bit. And then it was like that 2021 summer and we all thought everything was fully normal again. And I was just like, oh my God, I'd love a summer in Wexford with my family. I've missed them so much. I'd love a summer by the beach. I just want to be by the sea. I've been stuck beside these Dublin mountains. <laughs> For the last year, I've walked every part of Ticknock <laughs> and the Dublin Hills on all those lockdown walks. And I just want to by the sea. So you know me, manifestation queen. (laughs) I actually did (laughs) manifest. A little cottage just popped up like a week later by the sea in a most beautiful little place and it was my dad's cousin putting it for rent. All worked out. So moved down there for the summer and it was so lovely to get down there. Move my online studio down there, Wexford Wi-Fi where I was. Oh my gosh, that tested me that summer. I tell you, my online yogis were very patient. There was times where we didn't have the best Wi-Fi, but other times we did. And it was just, it was hard. It was hard. But after a few dodgy days of Wi-Fi, um, I was, September time, I was like, right, let's get back up to Dublin. Let's move to the sea because the sea brings me joy. And my dog loves the sea too. So moved to the sea in Dublin. But at this time, I was moving to a really small house. And I was like, my business is growing. I don't just want to have my online studio in this little post spare room sitting room taking over the whole house because I was finding it that I just wouldn't be like inspired when I just don't leave the house you know I was just taking five steps into my yoga studio I wanted to take it out of the house so I was like I just need to find a little studio anyway probably went on searching in every commercial premises that came up looking high low everything needed so much work Nothing was close to me and um, the lights weren't right. It was just, there was just so much going on. And then one day I was walking into Main Street, Georgia Street in Dunleary, and I just seen it was like as if lights went off. This big, beautiful um, room. Anyone that's been to my studio down there, stunning. All had this lovely um, concrete floor, which is actually hard <laughs> on yogis, but it was stunning. Beautiful walls, lights, everything done perfectly. I was like, this is made for me. This is made for me. Absolutely. I said, I've manifested this now. It's come to me. (laughs) That's what I was saying. And yeah, rang the landlord. I was like, listen, I wanted that. He basically bit my hand off when I said um, that I wanted it. I was going to rent it for a yoga studio. Went through, you know, you have to have proof of funds, everything. I knew I had every sign. Everyone said it to me. My dad, everyone. Will I be able to afford this? And at the time, I was able to afford it, but I was like, I need to get in-person classes running as well. So I I missed teaching in person at the time as well. I'll get a few in-person classes running as well. I'll get my little team of yogis teaching and then I have my online studio. All of a sudden, a couple of months down the line into the studio, you kind of forget how hard it is to get people in. And at this time, people were nervous. The studio was small. People wanted to be really spaced out because of COVID. So I probably was fitting like 12 people in Fitting 12 people in, you know, a class, also teaching online separately, it, I won't bore you with all the details, also paying the yoga teachers. And it was kind of like this battle that most people just want to be at my classes because my business is yoga with mora. And then I get another teacher on and I get a couple teachers covering me and then no one would show because they want my classes. And I was taking all my energy from teaching online. So it was just really difficult. And I felt so bad. I did let down my community that were there. But I was falling into this big hole of debt with it. The studio was roughly like 30k a year in rent and then my first year there I wasn't paying rates at the council. The building was actually never registered for rates and then suddenly it got registered for rates. Suddenly it was going to be like 10 or 12 grand extra a year before I even pay a yoga teacher. So all of a sudden my account was just going down. Everything I was earning online... Was going into this in person studio and it was just really difficult. I wanted to keep it going, but also my online, like I had to really weigh it up. You know, I might have a couple of hundred people online showing up. I want to be able to give all my energy to those people as opposed to five people showing up to my studio, which was draining me. Anyway, It was hard. It was really hard. So after a lot of back and forward, I think I had the studio for about 18 months and I was like, it's just great. My dad was like more, he's my person I talked to (laughs) about this kind of stuff. He was like, all the signs are telling me to let it go. Everything I had put out online, this is my dream. I've manifested a studio. Little did people know that it's so hard to fill a yoga class, fitness class, Pilates class, gyms it's so difficult to get people in the door wherever your location is this is like amazing location on a main street and online it looks like it's busy but to be honest the only class that was busy was mine (laughs) none of the other classes and I had to have five classes running a day for it to be able to even cover the cost so anyway that really was difficult it was a hard hard lesson but I did learn a lot from it I learned that Listen to your gut, more. Your gut was speaking to you. I was getting every sign, not to keep pushing, and I just kept pushing until someone—I think maybe it was my dad—just called out, black and white. What are you like? What are you doing? And then I have to bring it back to what is bringing me the most stress in my life at this time. What can I control? And just ask myself those questions. So I just wanted to say that sometimes you fail. And you fail for a reason to learn and to reevaluate your business and to kind of teach you to keep an eye on the numbers in your business. Keep an eye on it because the numbers, you can make money so easily sometimes, but you can lose it twice as easy. If that's even the right explanation. But when I talk about all this stuff and I say money, yoga, like they don't go together, money and yoga don't go together. and to be honest, it gives me like a funny feeling in my stomach about it. Because yoga is not about, it's not about money, but I have created a business about yoga. And sometimes I do feel a little guilt. And there is lots of chat online with other yoga teachers about, you know, people making it too much of a business. And I'm just really aware of that. So I always do try and really respect the yoga practices, come back to my mat ask myself the questions, get into my body and at the moment my yoga practice is very boring. It's just me, I haven't been going to any teachers, I've just been teaching myself on my yoga mat, I've just been lying in a lot of yin, doing a lot of vinyasa of just boring practices because that's what I feel like I kind of need at the moment. <laughs> With everything going on in The Apprentice, it's just mad. Like it's so busy, but it's so exciting. It's already has really opened up so much doors for me. And I could just feel all of the good stuff coming from it. But I just want to stay grounded um, and stay not burnt out. I want to keep the energy I have. So actually, at the moment, I am thinking that I really, really need to fill my cup. I need to go somewhere where I can just fully do a load of yoga go to a retreat. Someone else's retreat. I need to go to someone else's retreat and enjoy being a student and fill my cup because at the moment it's all about me. So maybe after the apprentice is finished, I will do that. Yeah, so that's just a little share about my studio. What did I learn? I learned that sometimes you're not actually manifesting things, Maura. Sometimes you are just choosing something shiny and... (laughs) paying the rent, paying your deposit and saying that you've manifested it. But actually, no, you haven't. <laughs> oh, maybe there was a part of me that did, you know, like I was looking so hard for a studio and then that studio just popped up out of nowhere. But maybe that was more of a test from the universe as opposed to a gift these are the kind of questions I ask myself all the time. And even though I know I'm really good at manifesting, you got to keep yourself in check. You got to keep on working on it constantly. I'm in that hamster wheel of just running, 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 but also trying to keep zen. Okay. Okay. (sighs) Blabbing on there a bit, I think. So little chat about The Apprentice episode four. Oh my God. I think I got so much messages about episode four. People saying so much about seeing my fire. They were so proud of me as an Irish woman standing up for myself, standing up for the truth, being strong. Like it was just so lovely to get all of your support. I had the most anxiety for that episode task because my heart was a little broken it was a little broken. And it's so interesting, you know, I'm, I'm someone that is very self-aware and I am someone that is quite deep. I'm quite sensitive, quite emotional. And I suppose when I went through the audition process for The Apprentice, they didn't even call it auditions. It was just like the process of putting yourself forward through different tasks, stages to get investment. All they ask you about is business all of your successes, all of your failures and about you, everything. So I think I was almost (laughs) weirdly, not brainwashed, definitely not brainwashed, but maybe a little (laughs) into believing it was just about business. But I was forgetting that the big thing, it's a TV show. So I just want to say when you're watching it, obviously it's a TV show. I am not someone that watched The Apprentice. I probably forgot that you look pretty silly at times and like the silly music in the background and you do make some massive stupid decisions in The Apprentice. There's so much things I'm like, why did I say that? Why do I do that? Hindsight is great. So I suppose episode four, I realise that, probably more people on my team, candidates on my team, realized that it was really just a TV show. Well, it isn't just a TV show. It is a business TV show that you get real investment. Like it's real, but also it's for entertainment. So that is the thing that I'm still struggling with. People on my team realized that probably quicker than me. And I know we're playing games and this was happening behind the scenes. And there was a few things said to me and I just felt like what was happening in the boardroom wasn't what happened. So much stuff was cut out, guys. So much was cut out. But you know what? I am grateful for the edit. I am so grateful for how it went. And, you know, it it is what it is. And like loads of people have asked, because I said a little comment that, you know, I wasn't the weakest. Who's the second weakest? I'm not going to tell you who was the weakest because, you know what? Maybe people that were weaker on the show actually were better business people because they were more focused on their business as opposed to playing into the TV. That's all I've got to say. Okay, (laughs) I have nothing but love for the candidates of this season. Obviously, I'm a lot closer to a couple more than others, but that's just when you put 18 humans together. You're definitely going to be closer to some more than others. So yeah, episode five. Oh my gosh, I have to say, after episode four, I was so shook because there was lies that happened and all that, and I couldn't believe that people that that I was close to could tell lies. And I know that happens in real life, and. It's so silly. Like, I believed I was close to someone just because I knew them for three weeks. You actually don't know people. And, you know, production had said to us, just keep your, you know, keep your cards close to your chest because you don't know these people. And like, they were right. They were right. (laughs) Uh, But episode five, Formula E, (laughs) I actually went to be project manager and I know nothing. About Formula E, I had just the absolute fear that I needed to prove to Alan Sugar, Lord Sugar, that I am capable and I'm worthy of being on The Apprentice. And I have to say, it shook the life out of me. Episode four, episode five was like building my confidence again. And when my lovely project manager Paul, who was voted in (laughs) because he knows so much about Formula One and he's an incredible leader, and I really liked working with Paul, even though. My side of the team, it was a bit of a disaster. I really was grateful that he didn't bring me in. It was just so nice not to be brought in because he knew I wasn't supposed to be brought in. So... That's a little bit of the apprentice, a little bit of me, guys. This is just a bit of a random episode. But remember, Yoga with Mora, my business, sponsors this podcast. And for anyone that is interested in starting your yoga journey, listen, you can start today. And people often say to me, I'm not flexible. I haven't got the bone structure. I'm too tall. I'm too overweight, whatever. There is a yoga practice for every single body. And I am all about making yoga accessible to everyone. And for me, you know, when I'm going through these times in my life where there's a lot of stress, (laughs) the apprentice, business, my yoga practice, me just being boring, doing my down dog at the moment helps me so much. I wish I could put it in a bottle. People could drink it, drink the yoga Kool-Aid and then they'd understand. So you get 25% off my online studio with the code podcast. We're going to finish on a lovely meditation. Yes, yes, yes. So the meditation music you can hear now coming in. (laughs) Let's take a little moment to relax our shoulders, to close down our eyes and maybe you find a nice big tall spine. Take a big breath in through your nose. And a big breath out through your mouth. (sighs) Breathing in calm. Breathing out light. Breathing in, calm. Breathing out, lice. Breathing in, calm. Breathing out, lice. Breathing in. and nice and close to the center of your hand to the palm of your hand bring the index finger now in to meet the thumb the third finger the ring fingers and the baby fingers two tight fists holding your thumbs tight holding all that calm energy we have brought in our body with our nose, with our energy, with our belief system, breathing in calm, holding tight, tight, tight in the hands and breathing out light, open your hands, allowing the light Breathe out. Remember that you are right where you're meant to be. Breathe in. light energy rub 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 the hands collect 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 welcome to march everyone or sorry if you're listening to this at another month let's bring in all the lovely spring feels the extra light hands over the face breathe in and breathe out namaste namaste love and light appreciate you all so so much thank you thank you for being here i'll be back next week with a lovely guest bye bye bye